0: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Human Connection Project podcast. We are all about empowering connection to develop psychological resilience and emotional well-being in our community, because now, more than ever, we need human connection. I hope you enjoy this episode, and as always, make sure you share it to someone who you feel this can make a positive impact on. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Human Connection Project podcast. I am super pumped to have a man of many hats on today. We've got Rob Noy and we'll get into how we know each other, I'm sure, throughout the podcast. But uh, Rob, tell us a little bit about who you are currently.
1: Well, who I am currently is uh, someone uh, that's... Rapidly changing what he does, yeah. <laughs> um, like many of us, due to the uh, coronavirus and and um, and stuff. Uh, you know, I guess prior to that, um, firefighter of of about 17 years coming up in in May. So um, that'll be uh, yeah ticking over a long time, which is actually absolutely flown by. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I'm sort of in and out of that. I actually resigned um, about a month ago. And uh, and went full time into into the gyms, which is CrossFit CrossHacks, and uh, more recently we just took over CrossFit Karina as well. And um, now both gyms are shut, so I've headed back in to do some casual work with the fire service, and um, and you know currently transitioning all of our uh, programming and content online, which I'm sure you're pretty familiar with.
0: Yeah, I mean everyone's shifting at the moment, and I hate to use the word pivot because it's. An overused word at the moment that's losing a lot of value, but everyone's being forced to change how they deliver their business right now.
1: Yeah, look, you know, pivots generally are more. I think of it as more of a, a longer term mm. change, keeping in keeping in tune with you know demand. But I think this is just a, a bit of a temporary um, mix up um, until such times we can open again and and uh, everyone can get back in and train together.
0: Yeah, look, definitely, we're not gonna we're not shutting down gyms full time. It's that's spot on, really. It's just a temporary solution for an an epidemic, if we can use that word that we're currently faced with. But um, what I wanted to get, what I wanted to kind of start with, Rob, is for those that listen to my content or read my content, they'll be super familiar uh, with why I do what I do. Obviously, lost my best friend five years ago, and that that's actually how uh, we obviously met. So I heard about Rob long before I met him, <laughs> I was living with Justin when he started training at CrossAx. and he used to come home and talk about this guy who was just a pure nutcase in the gym. <laughs> out was out training everyone. Uh, and then I finally got to obviously come down to CrossAx and throw down with you guys a, a few times. Uh, and mate, that community at CrossAx, and I'm a part of one at CrossFit as well, but that community at CrossAx, I think as my first entry into the CrossFit world was something I've never seen before, and I've played footy my entire life. What uh, what do you think made that happen? Is it how it started, or is it the effort you put in every day?
1: Um, mate, to be honest, it it was definitely not a planned thing. Uh, and we get uh, amazing feedback like that. Thank you, um, all the time about it. But um, yeah, definitely wasn't planned. In fact, it uh, it was almost when I went into CrossFit. Um, I was doing personal training for years before that and I sort of had this mentality of um, of you know business is business and, and pleasure is pleasure and and um, I don't ever want the two to meet that's kind of how I rolled you know like I, I didn't want to blur those lines between me being a professional personal trainer and um, and then creating like um, you know friendships, friendships with clients and then having them feel like they, they, they needed to just keep coming to see me because they were my friend rather than the professional service I could provide. And then also back then, you know, and maybe even still now, I haven't been in a Globo gym for a while, but many of the (laughs) the, the Globo gyms are, um, with personal training, it can be a bit incestuous and stuff like that. So I just didn't want any part of that. So then when I started CrossFit, I kind of carried that over for a while. And then I'm like, Oh, hang on. It's, uh, it's a little bit different, and what I found was the community started building itself because you'd I'd run into people like we, you know, we started with no members really, and then you'd you'd start, um, you know, seeing members talk to each other, and then you might be out somewhere and you'd see a couple of your members together, and it's like oh shit, like I, I didn't realise that you guys even knew each other, and like oh no, I was just from the gym, and we caught up for a beer, and I'm like oh wow, and then from there, I just really started to realise how important of of Uh, a part of what we do is is having those social connections
0: yeah yeah I think like the the turning point for me realizing the community at Crossax was Justin carpenter by trade only because I think he got signed off in the family business (laughs) but uh I've never seen that man swing a hammer for the entire time I knew him and you needed a wall built (laughs) in the gym yeah yeah And the man moved hell and high earth to make sure that we could get in there and build it. So I think when you've got people that are giving up night shifts and, you know, many hours to clean gyms, build walls, you know, paint the system. I know when you guys, you know, did some renovations in there not not too long ago, like you had all the members in there jumping around. And I think it's whether it was built by accident or purpose, I think it all comes back to that human connection element and that they, they have access to I guess the man and the woman in yourself and Alex you know at the at the tip of the spear and there's no like no I'm the I'm the owner of the gym like you need to go speak to the coaches or you need to go speak to everyone's kind of on the same playing field and I think that's what do, you, what do you think about that
1: yeah look um, definitely you know trying to have some humility most of the time I mean we've always the cross was built um, Essentially, it self-funded itself, and what I mean by that is I continued to work full time with the fireys the entire time, pretty much um, that we've had the business. And so, any sort of um, money that the business made went straight back into itself. So, I think um, a lot of the time the community could see that you know we're not there just trying to bloody rape the business and and take take everything for what it's worth and just. Mm. Have the guys using old gear and old equipment and, and stuff. We're all we're constantly just putting back into it. And I think um, when people see that you're willing to to put back into it and make the effort and and work hard and make sacrifices so that can happen, then they're willing to do the same. Um, and then I guess the other side of it is working. You know, I was kind of talking to a few of the boys at work about it just this week. Actually, you know, having the perspective of working in the fire service. Is, um, is really helped me to understand that w- what's important and what isn't. And while thrusters, burpees and, you know, cleaner jerks are important, um, they're not as important as as the overall requirement of, of being healthy and um, and just having a good time and, and making sure we're not getting too caught up in it. I think in the CrossFit world a lot, um, it becomes do or die and, and you get sort of caught up in CrossFit's everything uh competitions everything who's winning this sanction? who's in this team who qualified for that what this person get on this score you know and you have all this stuff and like while the crossfit games and the sanctionals and everything is 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 impressive i love it don't get me wrong i love human performance i love the athleticism of it um when you come off a shift or a tour or whatever, and you've, you've seen someone possibly lose their life or, um, or you know, a massive accident happen and, and someone's lost their home and, you know, all of these sort of absolutely um, life-changing events for some people, you realise that, you know, we're all very fortunate to be where we are and doing what we're doing at the moment and, um, and CrossFit's a, an amazing part of that. But it's not the be-all and end-all. So just keeping that humility, I think, and and making sure everyone's egos sort of stay in check, I think, has really helped that community grow. And just because, you know, while we can drive the importance of it, and while we can try and be motivating and and um, reach for those upper levels of fitness, we we still just need to keep in mind how important it actually is in compared to, you know, some some big issues in real life.
0: That perspective thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I so for as long as I've known you, Robin, as long as I've kind of been around the CrossFit industry, uh, I think there's a bit of a bipolar kind of different perspective on the values. So I know you're a very value-driven person and I want to get into the fire soon and I know that that's a very value-driven place of work. Where do you think those stack up when it comes to human connection in the the fitness industry, because I had a discussion with a bloke uh, two days ago and we talked similar to how you just spoke about Globo gyms, their values in Globo gyms are, you know, very outcome based. Whereas I look at the values of the likes of, you know, PTs, some PTs and definitely CrossFit gyms, their values are more input based. So this, you know, I like the fires is is respect. Put me on the spot. I've put myself on the spot. Respect, (laughs) respect, integrity, courage, loyalty, trust. Um, So they're, they're kind of input values. When I look at Globo gyms, I look, their values are, you know, strength, stamina. They're kind of, I see them as outcome based values. I'd love to get some of your experience thoughts around values, both in, you know, working environments and definitely in the gym environments.
1: Mate, um, yeah, okay, that's a good one. Like, I guess values or character traits, or uh, I guess whatever you want to call them, it's super easy to say, mate. And that's um, it's one of the biggest things. You know, you can rattle off as many as you want, and then that includes the fire fire service. And and um, but values mean nothing if the person spruiking them's not living them. And if they are spruking them, generally, mm-hmm. um, you know, generally they're not living them. Like, if you need to say um hey I, you know i've got heaps of integrity then maybe you you don't
0: yeah. you know
1: like yeah. just live it you got to live it and if if you um live with integrity and you you do the right thing regardless and um you um show empathy to people and and um and you're always trying to live by by your own moral standard i guess people will see that and and at the end of the day that's that's what matters you know you you what you think about and, and how you change your character is, um, I, I guess it's, it's really important. It's one of the most important things. And, you know, our thoughts become our words, our words become our actions, actions become our character. And, and um, when you, you can change the way you look at things. And um, as you grow up, you I think you do that a little bit. Some people never grow up, but as you go through your 20s and 30s, I, I think you, you're a vastly different person on the, Later side of your thirties than you are at the start of you know early side of your twenties, mm. um, and just having that maturity to sort of self-assess how you look at things and how you think think about things, um, I think is it will end up determining how you act and 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 that's that's your value. You know, like, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you know within every company, including the fire service. Um, there's people that that spruik those values and leaders and people in positions that that, um, will spruik them all day. But, you know, generally speaking, um, most people will see through that and and the good leaders are the ones that are are leading by example and not, you know, not just talking about
0: it. Yeah, it's that old old image you see where the leader, the boss and the leader, so the boss is the one whipping as they pull the cart and then the leader is the one at the front pulling the cart. I yeah, exactly. When you think, when you have to post your company's values on a wall in your reception as you walk into your office, uh, that's where I get a little bit confused as to if I'm, if I'm sitting in a waiting room to a really good example, right? If I was sitting in a waiting room a few months ago before this all happened to have a meeting with somebody, and one of their values was respect written up on the wall above the receptionist's desk, and the guy that I was coming to meet, Walked out, and the way he spoke to the admin girl was as if she was like bottom of the yeah. Dirk. And I was like, dude, like it's written right there on your wall.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it, mate. That's it. Um, I
0: guess, Rob,
1: yeah.
0: Go, here you go. No, no.
1: You, I just, um, yeah. No, I, I thought of somebody's gone. Now
0: <laughs> happens to me. <laughs> that's happened to me ten times since we started. <laughs> but what I wanted to get into, mate, is obviously everyone's going through, you know, and I. And I'm not naive. I'm not hiding from how bad COVID is. Uh, I'm just trying not to focus a lot of my discussions on it because there's enough information out there. But obviously everyone's going yeah, yeah. through going through some pretty tough times right now You know, and pers- we can look at different perspectives on that. But for a lot of us, it's, it's a relatively hard time and people don't have coping mechanisms to deal with adversity and, and you lack some sort of resilience. And someone who's been in the industry that you've been in for such a long period of time, you would have built up some resilience and some tools and tricks of your own to get through, you know, like you just mentioned, seeing people on their worst days and potentially losing their lives. What's some advice you can share uh, around how to get through tough times? And it doesn't have to be necessarily seeing someone lose their life, but tough in the the broad scheme.
1: I I I guess just recognising, being able to sort of take that 10-foot view. And try and try and think about your thoughts, which is a, a very human thing. No, no one else can do it. It's about you know consciousness. So you know, it, and man, I'm like everyone else. So I battle with this every day. And you know, um, found myself having a bit of a moment um, last week. You know, I'm in the gym with Alex, and and uh, we're filming things for the two hundredth time because we're taking all <laughs> our movements online, yeah. and we need demonstration and the kids are, are running around wild and the gyms all the gear out of the gym's gone and um you know I just started getting down and just thinking like man like this is crap you know like I, I wish we could just go back to being open and
0: mm.
1: not have to worry about any of this and you know I'm getting upset with my wife who's absolutely got you know no reason for me to be upset with <laughs> her at all she's been a gem And, um, and then, you know, but then I recognize that thought pattern, if that makes sense. I'm like, just snap out of it. Like I, I could see myself thinking a certain way and I'm like, Hey, hang on. You know what? Like I've got a beautiful family. I've got, um, amazing support from our members. I've got, um, you know, I can go back to the fire service and do some shifts there. It could be way worse off. You know, I could have just had the gyms with no fallback plan. We are probably in line to get some stimulus from the government. Um, so, just I guess recognizing how fortunate you actually are is is a, a really good way to to cope with things to start with. So, so just recognizing the thoughts, I guess, is the first step—the negative thoughts—and um, and then trying to interject that with some sort of you know, hey, come on, stop, snap out of it. You know, what if you've got some sort of mantra you can tell yourself get on with it, come on, you know, chin up, whatever. Um, and, and then just get on with the job. Now it's a little bit different with, um, you know, experiencing sort of trauma. That's more of a, like, you know, you're not, it's not a negative thought pattern in terms of why am I in this situation? It's more of Jesus poor bugger has been in a, a terrible car accident. It was not his fault whatsoever or her fault. Um, this could happen to me, it could happen to my family, you know, and then you can like fear, almost driven thought process. So, I mean, just talking to our, the crews, your mates um, and, and chatting about it is, is probably a pretty big part of, of coping with that sort of stuff. Um, and then, like I said, it, it actually provides perspective for the rest of your life is what I find, you know, like you, you hug your kids a bit, bit tighter at night and, and um and you have a good understanding of being able to deal with an athlete in the gym that's throwing a poopy pants because they missed a jerk, you know. And you're just like, "Come on, man, it's not that serious. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, it's
1: a, it's a, it's a jerk and and um, or a cleaner jerk and you, and and you're more than likely nowhere near ever going to the CrossFit Games, like myself. You know, it's like, yeah. hey, just let's <laughs> <Me> realise. <too. laughs> It is what it is. You know, it's a cleaner jerk in a gym in one of 15,000 gyms across the world. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I think
0: that's the best part. Like Rob, you and I used to train together quite a fair bit. And even though we both knew we were nowhere near CrossFit games level, the competitiveness when you train with a mate is just, it's probably, it's probably more intense than being at the CrossFit games.
1: Yeah. Oh mate, I did Murph Monday morning with the guys on shift as before we knocked off. And, um, yeah, there's a couple of young fellas there and they're charging <laughs> pretty hard. And I'm like, one was catching me on the last run. I could see him getting closer and closer. And I got to the, la- the last little uh, little section where we were running and um, and I knew I could I could sprint for the last, you know, <laughs> however long, minute or two minutes. So I put the foot down, had a bit of a laugh with him at the end. He's like, man, I thought I had you. And I, and I said, yeah, I know you did. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, yeah, 10 years younger, doing it. And, and different scaling options and yeah. stuff. Yeah
0: and um but uh so fast and furious
1: it's so competitive it doesn't matter
0: yeah
1: it doesn't matter if people are scaling or what they're doing or you know if you're doing a different workout yeah like you said that competitiveness just comes out
0: that's it like that's what i think yeah that's what i think (laughs) one of the best parts of crossfit is like i can be and this was me so i was a first timer and i went into the gym uh and i was able to do the exact same intensity just different movements and it's something we can relate to life yeah like Rob's got this business who's got this x amount of members I could be just started off got my first amount of members but we're both doing the same amount of intensity and we're both kind of striving for the same goals and I think there's nothing really in the athlete world and there probably is I just can't think of it but there's nothing in the sense where you can be doing a completely different workout but putting in the same input and racing for the same clock I think that's why it's such an addictive sport for so many people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um and, and that's the beauty of it. It really is for everyone. And um, you know, and you don't but you don't have to be competitive. And I think mm. also that's where as an affiliate owner, you need to show show a bit of leadership as well and understand that some people don't have a competitive bone in their body. And I don't understand that because <laughs> I'm not I'm not that way.
0: Every but, single bone is competitive. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I'm just I'm just but but understanding that some people are uh, are not like that at all, mm. and um, trying to help them um, get the intensity without the competitiveness and and just managing so that they get the most out of their training is is a is a pretty big deal, I think.
0: So, uh, what I want to do, right? So, our human connection—we've got three pillars of human connection, and you've summarised all three of them uh, by virtue in this discussion. We've talked about empathy, and you just touched on it. Then, you know, being empathetic to those members that don't want to compete you talk about leadership obviously a whole bunch and empowerment so empowering others but i'd love to get your take outside the crossfit world mm-hmm. because it's something i use to develop our business and make our business and our impact greater and greater every time i have these discussions what does empathy leadership and empowerment mean for for rob noy um
1: so empathy i i, I can't remember where i heard it i don't know if it's one of the books i read recently um uh, talking about the difference between empathy and sympathy and you might've heard this one, mm. but it's like, Hey, you know, um, you, you know, Timmy, Timmy fell down the well and you're at the top of the well. And, uh, and sympathy is, Oh man, that's, it's hard luck Timmy. Um, I'm sorry. You, I'm sorry. You fell down the well there, mate. Um, I feel really bad for you. You know, that's, that's sympathy. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and empathy is, Hey man, I'm going to climb down and sit in there with you until, until we can get out, you know, like yeah. that's, that's um, that's really made me sort of solidify my thoughts and I, I guess on it and um, and that's a big thing that that um, uh, you know it's a skill to learn as well you know we we, re, we see people in strife all the time and and it is easy for us to go to a, a job and uh, um, and sympathize with geez I'm glad that's not me you know poor bugger or or but the the the, I would say the better firefighters um, will make that person feel like they're right in there with them and, and they're they they're all good until we can get them out of the situation that they're in you know so so empathy I mean you know really trying to support that person I guess is is showing empathy as opposed to just sympathy of, of saying hey man I feel bad that you're in that situation um, leadership uh, I mean defining leadership is is pretty broad I guess um never really thought about actually defining it in a short succinct term but um you know I think um I very much believe in leading by example uh, I'm not going to ask anyone to do anything that I'm not prepared to do myself um whether that's clean the toilets in the gym or whether that's um you know do a certain workout or movement and um so you know making sure that again I'm embodying the the values that I believe in and, and the character I believe in, and um, and then you know create giving people every opportunity to get better. So, you know, with the staff, creating opportunities for those guys to learn and lead themselves, um, and and trying to trying to um, develop their ability. And I think that's um, you know that's all that's all you can do really is lead by example and try and help others be the best that they can be. And if they can do that, then great. Um, empowerment. I guess, uh, is kind of along similar lines. Um, you know, one thing I've sort of noticed, and again, it's, it's one of those things you try and, um, that I've sort of learnt uh, in the CrossFit world as well is, um, you know, understanding what kind of person I am and you are and all the coaches are, and then, um, understanding that not everyone's the same as you, you know, generally we have an outward look, um, on everything we have, we we see everything from how we are. So you know, I look at a workout and I think this is how I'm going to do it. This is how I'd attack it. Um, or we look at a movement, and you know, it might be, it could be anything. It could be like, hey, I'm the kind of person that just has a go at anything. And someone says to you, hey, Boise, so you want to come kite surfing? And you go, shit, yeah, let's do it. I've never done it before in my life, but I'm down. Let's go. You know, and 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 that's how I am. And that could be. Uh, hey, Rob, this is how you do a bar muscle-up, have a go at it. Oh, yeah, right, and I'll just have a crack, you know. Um, whereas, um, you know, people, not everyone's like that, right, and and more often than not, people are probably not like that. So then understanding that and, and helping build trust in those relationships that you have with your athletes or whoever it might be, and then once you've got that trust with them, um, you know, you can then lead them and and help them understand that they're probably capable a lot more than what they think they are and whether it's fear or whatever's holding them back. Um, and it might be, you know, as simple as doing a jumping bar muscle up and and they're scared to get up above the bar, you know, and, and you could be doing it on, on a low bar, but just having someone not have done that before and then helping them understand how they're looking at things, what they're concerned about and recognizing their thoughts, um, and then trying to, you know, get them through to do something new or learn something new. Um, you know, what, I took a group up Mount Warning um, at the end of our last six-week challenge, and we had a couple of the, the participants stop before the. there's a, a bit of a, a scramble at the top. And, um, and they're more than capable people, you know, like they're athletic, they're in the gym, they're doing CrossFit, and they have been for quite some time, but they were just letting... Um, fear dictate their thoughts and 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 um, so just talking them through what they're actually thinking about what they're actually worried about and um, trying to help them understand that it was just fear that was preventing them from from being able to achieve um, what they wanted to they they weren't physically um, unable to achieve the task they definitely up for it and then um and then just guiding them through it and, and helping them to understand that they are probably very capable of, of the task at hand and, and um and they got through it and it was it was an amazing feeling for me to be able to help those guys achieve that. And um yeah, so so yeah, I guess I don't know, it's a bit of a long winded answer, sorry mate, but um yeah oh, okay. to, to try and wrap it up. Yeah, I don't know. Trying to help people see what they're capable of, I guess in, in terms of empowering them.
0: Yeah. I always look at that. Um I try to think of em- uh, empowerment, sorry, the same as that, like empowering people to see that you can, you, you know, and not to go down the avenue that society is telling us you can be anything you want to be because I don't think that helps um, but empowering people to look at a situation, say we can do this, how are we going to get there? Um, but I guess in in, yep, sure. <clears throat> in sort of wrap-up stage, yep. something I've tried to bring in, to the podcast the last four or five episodes something i really enjoy is an opportunity for the friend that i'm talking to at the time to spit a question back at me uh i've been put on spot on a couple of them <laughs> but rob any question for me at sorry, all sorry mate, you cutting out
1: you just you just yeah you just cut out a bit can you just say that? so is it just you just after a question is that it
0: yeah essentially any question you've got mental health related work related life related anything at all um
1: what do you think the uh and let me articulate this correctly.
0: I'm nervous. <laughs> uh,
1: why do you think? Um, what do you think the culture within CrossFit is? Is uh, is what it is? Why is it so addictive? Why do people gravitate towards, um, you know, towards training in groups and, and stuff like that?
0: I love it. So I think for, for me, the answer as someone who's been in the industry, I guess, now for five years. For me, the answer is relatively simple. I think CrossFit is so addictive for two reasons. The results are relatively quick. So if, you know, for instance, my dad comes and starts doing CrossFit, he's near 60, you know, he hasn't done a whole lot of really physical training in a long, long time. If he was to start, he will see his body react quite quickly to it. And that's always great for for new people. But I think a more long-term answer to why CrossFit's so addictive and works so well is community and human connection that you get from it you you know and it's not being able to high-five someone right now is probably one of the hardest thing things for me ever uh, yeah man you live from CrossFit like I high-five 100 people a day and it's killing me like I saw a uh, someone that uh, trains CrossFit at another gym on a run the other day and I, <laughs> I went to high-five her and I was like oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry can't do that it's um
1: awkward yeah but it's
0: human connection I think why CrossFit is so successful because you know things like surfing's great but you're surfing on your own things like playing rugby fantastic but it's you know you're essentially an individual on a team of 13 yeah yep. and it's one sweet CrossFit is something you do every single day you know like you you'll be able to tell me. You know your clients' dogs' names, their kids. You know yeah, in, yeah. injuries injuries they had ten years ago. You're like you tell me another sport where that that's the case, and I'll say you're lying.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I had a I had a conversation with someone about it last week, and and believe it or not, until then I hadn't really thought about it. But like, say you've got a mate that's an accountant or um or a chippy or whatever. You know, you've just got another mate that's outside the CrossFit world. And um, and you ask them how often they're they're catching up with a with a group of mates and and having a good time and and um, and having a chat and in a good environment and without alcohol without any other sort of substance and I would say it's re- maybe once a month. Like they might be catching up with their really close mates on a weekend, um, but again they might be boozing up. They might be you know. But if you're if you're a regular whatever time class you're in, Um, I know at CrossAx, each sort of class has got their own little group, you know. Um, You're catching up with mates every single day. You're having fun conversations, adult conversations, whether that's about your kids, uh, you can offload. It might only be a two-minute conversation, but you might get some feedback of, man, my kids are giving me grief. They're freaking up all night. I'm I'm barely alive here. And then you just get one other bloke goes, oh, man, I know how that feels. I'm just coming out the other (laughs) side of it. I feel for you you know you're not in it alone. Yeah, And I think that regular um, conversation that you're having with people day in and day out, um, away from work, away from um, your family, away from your kids, away from every other stress, and you can just sort of hang out with your mates. Um, it's almost like going back to the days where you're in high school and you're training with your footy buddies all week and you're just hanging out with your mates every single day. Mm. And I think that's one of the big positives of of, um, of that group training.
0: I think it's yeah. There's nothing like it where you're sweating next to you know ten, twenty, thirty of your best mates, and a lot of people find their best friends. A lot of people find their partners in in this situation. Like my sister met a you know future husband at the gym, and it happened, And we've seen hundreds of relationships form at the gym. Yeah, so, sure. That human connection element. Uh, Rob, to finish up, mate. One of the big things for me, right, is. When it comes to our three pillars, embassy, leadership, empowerment is public praise uh, and public gratitude. And one thing I wanted to do is express that today. So for those that are most connected to me, <laughs> which is probably everyone because I speak about so much, I've been trying to get in the fires for 10 years and what am I now 28 my first application was 18 in Perth Uh, and Rob you've been instrumental in helping me guide me through that process and I'm close now so I just wanted to say thanks for that because you've been a great mate in helping me answer you know the questions in my own mind about what I needed to do so thank you
1: mate um Mate, it's it, mate. It, to be honest, it's um, the guys that have that have helped you out at the station have, have done all the work. You know, I, I literally made a phone call, so uh, super easy for me. It's been a long time since I've gone through that process. So, yeah. if I was to give you advice, it might be the wrong, <laughs> wrong <laughs> advice. So, um, yeah. So the guys that helped you out um, on, from the, the lads on shift there probably probably deserve all that praise because they've they've been amazing from what I, from what mate. I hear for you. Yeah.
0: yeah, I was. I spent hours at the station. So yeah, they've yeah. they've given up a bunch of time.
1: Well, hopefully, mate. Um, hopefully, it'll all kicks back off soon, um, mate. Someone's,
0: someone's got to push you on Murph at the station. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, mate. Thank you for for having me on. Thanks for doing what you do. I know it's really important. I know a lot of people get get heaps out of it. Mm. Um, one thing I've sort of been thinking about today and I just shot it out to um, all our athletes on their workout brief and stuff for tomorrow is just uh, a bit of a shout out to all the, the, not so much the fireys. I mean, we're dealing with a little bit of this COVID stuff, just going to quarantine buildings that are alarmed and stuff like that. But, um, the main more so the, the, just a shout out to the ambos and Mm. um, the nurses and doctors that are really on the front line of this and putting their life at risk, dealing with the, the casualties and stuff. Um, that are in hospital and sick, and and they're having direct contact with that. So, um, yeah, sort of trying to be as mindful as I can of, of those guys that are working super hard at the moment.
0: And as a, as as leaving comments, mate, what would you say with a, as someone with a respected opinion? What would you say to people who right now is the best thing they can do to help? To use the the most popular phrase at the moment, flatten the curve.
1: Mate, just listen, just listen to what the government's asking. Stay at home. You know, like it's. Um, Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not ideal. Um, But just get used to it because it's going to be six months and um, at least I'd say. And, uh, you know, it's just a bit of a new norm for now. Um, It it won't be forever. And um, but if if we keep ignoring advice, I guess it's, um, you know, it's going to drag out even longer. So, yeah, it's the other thing is, Boise, you know, like, you've probably heard this before too, but, you know, a million deaths is a a statistic and and one death's a tragedy. You know, it's not until you start putting a name and a life to the number that you really start understanding that these numbers that we're seeing, especially across the world in the US and stuff, um, are horrific, absolutely horrific with the the amount of people that are dying. Whether they're young or old, it doesn't matter. Um, So every, you know, every little bit you can do helps stay at home, um avoid contact and then just yeah all, all the government stuff I, I don't know that's that's kind of my expertise <laughs> um that, that i've got yeah oh, do mate. what they tell you yeah,
0: yeah exactly follow the rules all that's
1: right it. rob well,
0: thanks very much for jumping on the podcast today, mate it's been much appreciated um if anyone wants Good. to 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 follow you and follow your journey crossfit crossax crossfit karina and yep. rob noy on instagram i'll I'll put put it there anyway yeah chuck it on there mate that's fine people will be able to find you but thanks mate and uh yeah really appreciate and i hope everyone got a, a bunch of bunch of information out of that which i'm sure they did cheers boise hey guys and thanks for listening to another episode of the human connection project podcast i know and we know times are very difficult and dare i say it unprecedented right now so i would urge you now more than ever to lean into your friends, lean into your community and make sure we're connecting to each other because we will make it out of this but we need to be standing metaphorically hand in hand right now. If this has stirred any emotions to you, please make sure you reach out to a loved one or Lifeline on 13 11 14. And remember, how good's living.